Glad you're with us. Day three of the impeachment shift show charade in D.C. And they pretty much have been running out of things to say. And the defense will go on tomorrow. I'm told it's going to be fairly quick. Then they'll have questions. Then we'll see if they have um, uh, witnesses. If not, then they'll have the vote. And it's already predetermined the outcome. Fascinating Gallup survey. You know, when the Democratic media, their impeachment madness has not put a a dent in the people's belief in this country that the president, President Trump in exile, his successful policies actually improved their lives significantly um, in spite of the economic disruption. Uh, 51 percent of Americans believed that the country made progress on the economy over the past four years. uh, And that is more confidence than they they have that we're better off under Trump than we are we are under Biden. Now, this is just the beginning. You think just all the pink slips for all the people in the Keystone XL pipeline? Well, now you've got Scarlett Johansson and Leonardo DiCaprio and company all saying, oh, we've, we've got to close all the pipelines. Let's go to the Dakota pipeline next. Let's shut down all energy production. Well, so far, the net result is, according to the Washington Examiner, uh, Joe Biden's war on American energy is already being felt by we, the people at the pump, as uh, it looks like gas prices under Biden could be heading back to four bucks a gallon because of this new madness, new Green Deal madness that he's embracing. Remember, at one point, Obama said he wanted gas prices to go up anyway. So now it's up 18 percent so far since Joe has become president. And they're now saying that we have Stephen uh, Kapitas, who's the managing editor of Princeton Energy Advisors. Yeah, he would do well to articulate a more balanced energy package because we may see gas prices above four bucks a gallon. I can't wait. Listen, I hate paying four bucks a gallon. I just who who wants to pay more for gas? You got to be crazy. Interesting side note as we watch all of this, the Capitol Police announced that they're holding a no confidence vote this week over multiple officials in its senior ranks and their union chairman said the enormity of the multiple leadership failures both in leading up to the insurrection and the department's response to it have convinced us there is no other choice choice the leadership has failed us well the 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 capitol police chief asked six separate times for the guard to be brought in uh and that was even before anything had happened. Wasn't that hard? Now we know that there were intelligence all over the place. The FBI knew that there were people plotting, planning, and scheming this, this attack against our capital, which can't happen in America. Got to protect our institutions. Got to protect our elected officials. This, is, this transcends any political ideology, period. There's a story in the Epic Times that, you know, after his big unity pronouncement and uh, apparently Joe Biden, two weeks after Trump's election victory, told The New York Times it would be, quote, divisive to pursue criminal investigations into the former secretary of state, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, he said, well, it's too bad Joe Biden is now proving he doesn't have one tenth of. And that was, by the way, that was Trump saying that about Hillary. Epic Times now reporting today that. Biden now said that some Republican senators may change their minds during the impeachment trial. My guess is some minds may be changed. What is he rooting for his conviction? Probably doesn't want to run against him. Would be my first guess on that. 
Um, look, there's there's a lot to digest here today. There really is. The, the most important aspect on the legal side of this is that the Democrats are not and cannot and will not be able to prove a real case of incitement to insurrection. Now, that becomes a big problem, which is why yesterday they began this whole process of saying, well, you know, the, the president's, you know, challenging the elections and 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 that all led up to what happened. And then selectively editing out when he said many of you will peacefully, patriotically march to the Capitol so your voices can be heard. We'll, we'll take that part out, too. We'll act as if he didn't say that part. And then they kind of got called out by us, I think, first that uh, well, the president said fight like hell. Well, I've got Swalwell saying fight like hell. We've got Joe Biden saying fight like hell. Uh, we've got uh, Raskin saying numerous times fight like hell. Uh, so that then becomes a little bit problematic on top of all the other incendiary rhetoric of the left, uh, far more incendiary than anything Donald Trump has said. And on this program yesterday and on TV last night, we went through all the times Stacey Abrams had challenged the legitimacy of the Georgia gubernatorial election. She's still not conceded there. Nobody seemed to care when she sounds exactly like Donald Trump and his complaints and the results of the 2020 election or Hillary Clinton not accepting her loss in 2016. And we know it even went deeper in that case. You know, the impeachment managers, the Capitol riot was the result of of Trump inciting his supporters over time. No, that did the president at any point in time ask people to ever come and riot. Nope. They ever call for violence. Nope. Just the opposite. So they're spending all of this time with all this highly edited tape trying to make the case. And it's becoming problematic for them on on numerous levels. They cannot make that case. That is their big problem. They can't make. Well, what he said before, that's not even what the impeachment article alleges. And never mind all the examples that we have been playing over and over again. You know, I'm going to take Trump out tonight. You ever see anybody from a Trump cabinet in a restaurant? You know, if you see them at a gasoline station, a department store, you get out, you create a crowd. You push back on them. You tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Well, that sounds pretty violent. Or Cory Booker, get up and, and get up in the face of some Congress people. Or look what happened to Senator Rand Paul after the... The, the RNC convention, or don't forget, for example, Congresswoman Omar, squad member extraordinaire, you know, f- talking about celebrating the violence that, you know, she celebrated the violence that happened, if you remember, to Ram Paul. Ram Paul had six ribs broken. Remember, part of his lung had to be removed. You know, Omar retweeting Tom Arnold's uh, uh, comments about imagine being Rand Paul's next door neighbor and having to deal with at Rand Paul lying cowardly uh, circular whiny bullcrap about lawn clippings. No wonder he ripped off his toupee. Oh, doesn't sound good. We got Eric Holder. When they go low, we kick them. We kick them. Well, that's that's what the new Democratic Party's all about. Stop the fake outrage. I'm obviously not advocating violence, he said. Oh, okay. You know, you want to talk about cases of Democrats objecting to election results? Well, we got the in Massachusetts, Representative uh, Jim McGovern objecting to certifying Trump's Alabama electoral votes. 
2001, we pointed this out. You got more than a dozen Democrats, including the Congressional Black Caucus. They tried to challenge the Florida election results of, uh, in that case, of George W. Bush. Then you have the whole Stacey Abrams comments and, and things like that. You had a host of prominent Democrats, Hillary Clinton, Eric Holder, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren. They all endorsed Abrams' claim that Kemp stole the election through nefarious voter purges in the run-up to Election Day. Or Nancy Pelosi in 2017 tweeting out, following Trump's election victory, our election was hijacked. There's no question. Okay, then I guess it's fairly okay for the rest of us to say, you know what, they didn't follow the laws uh, about partisan observers observing or the Constitution of Pennsylvania or the double standard or the two standard signature verification consent agreement in Georgia or the rules in Wisconsin and Michigan as it relates to mail-in voting because none of those laws were followed. Oh, don't dare bring up the law, Hannity. Democrats didn't seem to care when left-wing mobs were storming the White House last summer on two separate occasions. You know, we have the AP reporting, the Louisville Courier-Journal reporting. I hope they didn't forget about the angry left-wing pro-Biden mobs that stormed the White House last summer. You know, that, that's, that's the White House. That's another great institution. And I don't care who's serving in it at any given time. We've got to protect that institution, and we've got to protect whatever elected official is in there at any given moment. Secret Service was so concerned that the White House was about to be breached that they actually rushed the president and his family to a secure underground White House bunker. Do we forget that part? Secret Service rushing the president to a bunker. You know, Trump spent nearly an hour there. He didn't want to highlight it. Oh, he didn't want to tell us the truth. Well, why would he highlight a vulnerability that we didn't think we had? You know, it was uh, one of the highest alerts on the White House complex since September 11, 2001. Angry Democrats descend on the White House. Rand Paul surrounded by groups of people. Look what happened over the summer. You know, Biden fantasizing about hurting North Dakota Republican Kevin Kramer. Remember that? I'd like to give him a high threshold of pain. I'm serious. I'm really serious. I'd like to give him a high threshold of pain. I mean, it's people break their necks. No, I'm serious. I'm really serious. He repeated the remark at Democrat uh, Senator Heitkamp's encouraging the president of a trade union in attendance to show Kramer a threshold of pain. You know, Biden, you know, campaigning in 2020, told the Detroit factory worker, you're full of shh, and challenged him to shift, I guess we could say, and go outside with me. There's a large you know, portion of the Trump union workers the gym. that are gun enthusiasts, and you are actively trying to diminish our Second Amendment right and take away our guns. You're full of shit. All right, thank now, you. Now, now, shush. Shush. I support the Second Amendment. Second Amendment, just like right, All right now. enough for him. Nancy Pelosi telling reporters in 2018 she's shocked there weren't uprisings over the issue of family separations at the southern border. I don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, she said. Maybe there will be. I, when people I, I realize- just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be when people realize uh, the way it was children being with their moms. Wow. Pelosi encouraging uprisings all over the country. All over the country. Where was, where, where was, where's her impeachment? When are we going to have that trial? Democrats impeachment lawyer relying on, on riot video. By the way, this came out somewhere. Where did I see this? 
they they actually were using foxnews.com some video that was actually shot by a black lives matter member if you see the capital riot video yeah in the case they're using in video logo shot by john sullivan the black lives matter individual according to the fbi who was responsible for instigating a whole lot of the violence in the capital that day and insurgents usa was founded by john sullivan he and the group have been filmed agitating crowds um, and saying things that sound like, well, kind of insurrectionist based on Democrats definition. The feds last week indicted this guy for his soul, for his role in the Capitol riot with, quote, he was involved in, quote, multiple confrontations with police at multiple locations around the Capitol complex while dressed in tactical gear. That's the guy that shot a lot of what the Democrats apparently have been playing, according to this report. I'm like, you can't. That can't be true. The reckless rhetoric is now a reckless standard in impeachment. Even Jonathan Turley, he pointed out all of the reckless language of all of the people that we've been playing. Chuck Schumer, for example. James Comey, the Republican Party needs to be burned down. You have reporters, sanctimonious, self-righteous Washington Post reporter Jennifer Rubin. We we have to collectively, in essence, burn down the Republican Party. And then it said we should level them because if there are survivors, if there are people who weather the storm, they'll do it again. Like, oh, what a nice human being. Imagine if I said this. We got we the guy leading this whole thing that challenged the election. Back in 2016, Jamie Raskin. Yeah, we got him. We got Joe Biden all saying fight like hell. Oh, what a change of heart. All right, as we continue, it's every single solitary thing that the Democrats are saying can all be applied to most of their leaders. That is the great untold story, breathtaking hypocrisy, double standard, whatever name you want to put on it. It's. And it's just sad that we have a mob in the media that is complicit. They are nothing but pure, the pure left propaganda arm. But every conservative needs to be canceled. Everybody on talk radio needs to be canceled. You know, it's funny. The Washington Post writes how oh, talk radio is waning decline. Then the New York Times, how talk radio stoked the anger before the Capitol siege. Well, what is it? Is that, we, we you know... It's every election cycle. This is what you get. And, you know, Jamie Raskin, Joe Biden, all the Swalwell is on tape. Fight like hell. When are we going to put those standards in place for them? When are they going to be held accountable for the things that they said? Raskin saying this is our democracy. Fight for it. And went on to say, uh, at another point in 2019, let's hope for the best, be prepared for the worst, and go fight like hell for the Constitution. Jamie Raskin, who's saying the president, this is an assault on the First Amendment and an incitement to violence. 2017, he on his own website, we've got to wake up every day and fight like hell for liberal democracy, not just in Maryland, but all over the United States. You see where we're going here? It blows up in their face everything they say. They can apply to themselves. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. Um, you know, we've got all these montages, but we're finding more and more examples 
of how these very impeachment managers, the, the sanctimony, uh, sanctimonious managers there, the biggest, the words they were hanging on the most from the January 6th rally is fight like hell. Now we have, for example, Jamie Raskin leading by the, the guy that challenged the 2016 election results. I mean, let's start with that hypocrisy and irony right there. But saying to the Atlantic, he, he's going to fight like hell for our Constitution. Well, based on his own standards, what is that? An impeachable offense. It's a call to incite insurrection. He made a, a tweet to his followers, fight like hell after the passing of uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. He said in 2017, we have to wake up every day and fight like hell for liberal democracy, not just in Maryland, not just in the U.S., but over the world. During the Russia, Russia, Russia investigation, Raskin tweets, this is our democracy. Fight for it. You know, this other guy, Joe, I don't even know his last name, the goat, N-E-G-U-S-E. I'll botch it if I try. Anyway, praise the, you know, as praised as the breakout star in the impeachment trial. He called out the Trump administration April 2018, touting the endorsement of Kamala. And he said, humbled to have the support of such a fearless leader, we have to take back Congress and make Colorado history. Another fight like hell. I mean, Eric Swalwell, fight like hell. All of them. And then, and it was interesting, the, you know, Swalwell is this impeachment manager, and he writes, boo-hoo-hoo, you're a, you're a senator who police will protect because they pointed out to the dismissal of, of threats on, on Senator Susan Collins at the time amid the Supreme Court battle over Justice Kavanaugh. You got Ted Lieu in an exchange with another Twitter person, you know, dismissing the, the former First Lady Michelle Obama's 2016 mantra, mantra when they go low, we go high. I like that, but I like better when they go low, we fight back. Pretty much everybody says fight. So let's cut the BS. But I guess this is Washington. That's never going to help. You know, I remember saying this a few times. Some of you even were a little annoyed with me, which um, unfortunately it's my position in life to have people annoyed with me. I'm kind of used to it. But if you remember Nevada Democrats, remember they accused Bernie Sanders campaign of inciting violence. They had put a formal complaint against Bernie's campaign, state convention devolved into chaos. Remember that letter to the National Party? They accused Sanders' campaign of fomenting violence. Sanders' campaign responded in a defiant tone, condemning alleged threats made against party officials by, but standing by supporters who were unhappy. They were unhappy because the, well, I think Bernie pretty much got ripped off by Hillary in 2016, kind of ironic, but we alert you to what we perceive as the senator's campaign penchant for extra parliamentarian behavior, indeed actual violence in a place of democratic conduct and in a convention setting. La 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 goes on from there. Anyway, then they the party points fingers directly at the Sanders campaign and that accusing them of inciting disruption and violence. And it came as the state's convention's credentials committee completed their work. You know, the party, the party argues that six of the 64 delegates were seated in a committee. So th th this is the type of thing that happens a lot. 
Sanders um, of the supporter, the alleged shooter of Steve Scalise in the ball field that day. He condemned the shooting carried out by one of his supporters. And I said, you know, I don't blame Bernie Sanders. I don't blame him at all. Bernie Sanders doesn't approve of this. I said, but if it was a Republican and it was a Democratic baseball game practice, whatever it happened to be, they, they, they would blame what the, the, who the shooter supported. Oh, he's a Donald Trump supporter. He listens to talk radio. He watches Fox News. Just the same thing. Remember the president talking about the shooting in Alexandria when, when, when Steve Scalise, he nearly died. And, you know, he called all these first responders patriots. I mean, I'm telling you, the Capitol Police that day, what they did walking in that open ball field the way they did against a rifle, you're, 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 you're a dead duck. You're, you're just, it's over at that time. You know, I even have, for example, the president saying the shooter at this congressional baseball game is dead. We stand behind Steve Scalise, and he commended the first responders. After congressional baseball shooting, oh, if I have it, I won't play it now. We're blessed to live in America with 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 hero law enforcement. You know, law enforcement that gets trashed all the time and gets talked about being defunded all the time. That's what the president said at the time. You know, these are these are incredible times we're living in here. Jeff Lord, our friend, I wish I had time. Maybe Linda, we can put it up on our website. He's he pointed out seventy five lies. In the Democrats' seventy-seven page impeachment document. That's a pretty that's a pretty amazing number of lies at one point. So I don't think the defense is gonna go on very long. Um I guess they're making their closing argument. Then they're gonna have closing arguments, then they well, first they'll have questions, then they'll have more closing arguments. They're just either repeating themselves or they're just just wasting time and that they make these broad leaps using highly edited tapes and, and taking out all exculpatory information and evidence. It's a pretty remarkable sight to see. None of this could ever happen in a court of law. I mean, it was hilarious yesterday watching Senator Mike Lee say, excuse me, what was just said about me is a lie. I want it stricken from the record. And then according to rule 16, as he cited, and then Pat Leahy in the chair, uh, according to, um, um, rule uh, 41A uh, is, uh, uh, no, no, I'm talking about rule 16. Yeah, according to rule um, 41, I, I had no clue what he was saying. Then you hear this poor woman in the background trying to, you know, say it for him. Give him the words to utter. It's just, okay, this is a guy that himself has already said that the president should be convicted. Is this, you're going to call this a trial? What country is this? No due process in the House. Rush to judgment as usual. It's the same thing as Richard Jewell Ferguson. Same thing as Baltimore. Same thing as UVA. Same thing as Duke Lacrosse, Cambridge Police. And this is what they do all the time. And the media goes right along with it. The mob. You have uh, Republicans, by the way. This is an update. They are now in state legislators are now... A hundred bills to combat the election problems that, you know, I don't care what anybody says. You can't deny certain undeniable truths here. We're partisan observers as the statutory language in 
all of these states calls for, were they able to observe the vote counting start to finish? No. That didn't happen. Was the Constitution in Pennsylvania that restricts very, very, very specific language restricting mail-in balloting, was that adhered to? It was not. Is the consent agreement allowing two signature verification standards, one for mail-in ballots in Georgia and the other for in-person voting where you need voter ID, is that is that equal protection, if you will? No, it's not. Are there restrictions in states like Wisconsin and Michigan on mail-in balloting? The answer is yes. Now, if that's the case and the laws as they are are not followed, then you... you, you You've got to fix it. That's what Florida did after 2000 and after 2016 to ensure that people can have faith and ensure that there's integrity in our election process. I mean, all these Democrats that complain bitterly about fraud and they sounded just like Donald Trump. But you wouldn't know it if you're listening to just the media mob. You wouldn't know it at all. I mean, it's it's pretty. These are insane times. Now they want to cancel conservatives. They want to silence conservatives. They want to shut conservatives down. They want to limit their platform access. They target their advertisers. And now there's this whole new standard. Are you now or have you ever been a supporter of Donald Trump? Um, You know, this bed and breakfast. What do you call that air? What's the name of that thing? Airbnb, right? Okay, it's a place where you go on, you can rent a hotel or somebody's apartment, pay X amount of dollars. It's kind of a cool thing, good idea. It's very popular. I've I've never used it. I don't think I ever would. Just go to a regular hotel is fine with me. Anyway, um, even if it's a Courtyard Marriott or a Hilton Garden, I spent many days in those uh, as I traveled all over the country. Anyway, data companies are starting to sell what they call extremist scores. Couldn't believe I read. Did you see that, Linda? To help companies avoid doing business with Trump supporters. Good grief. If I'm in business, let me be blunt here. I want everybody to buy and purchase in my state. I want everybody to come in. If I'm in business, if I offer goods or services, you know, can we not have politics and business? My goodness. That's why I stick to the same thing. You know, by the way, I don't, I'm not the biggest everyone's in New York and New Jersey. They're the biggest Bruce Springsteen fans. I I like Bruce Springsteen's music. It's fine. Um, But so he was apparently out. He's 71 years old, apparently out driving somewhere, stopped, and apparently some guy gave him a shot of tequila. I read that part separately. Anyway, one shot. So he got arrested and busted for DWI and reckless driving. When he was in New Jersey, his home state. Now, the problem is his blood alcohol level was 0.02. That's way below New Jersey's legal limit of 0.08. And and I'm like, I don't care what his politics are. Why are we wasting time, police, energy, and, and resources when the guy wasn't even intoxicated? It sounds like he had one drink which you're illegally allowed to do. And then he was driving home. Now, I don't know if he drove recklessly or that part of it, but, I mean, he wasn't. Into, that's, that's not DWI. DWI is driving while intoxicated. 
I mean, I, I felt bad for him. That's, that's ridiculous. You know, it's sort of like the Eric Gardner thing. You know what? I, I think I was the only one to ever make this point. Why are police charged with going to arrest Eric Gardner who's selling Lucy cigarettes? I didn't even know what a Lucy cigarette is. In other words, people that can't afford the 10, well, not even, it's like $20 a pack for cigarettes these days, insane amounts of money because of the taxes that governments get. And so people buy them individually for whatever the cost is. I have no idea. But the problem in New York is they get a lot of tax money from this. So if somebody's selling Lucy's, often they're going to get the cigarettes, the cartons of them, and they bring them up from other states and they don't pay the tax. Okay. All right. We're talking about a carton of cigarettes here. All right. So he opens up the pack and he sells them one by one. And that's what led to this guy's arrest. I'm like, how stupid is this? I love police. And often, by the way, it's often not the cops. They're told to do it. They're told to write the tickets because they want the revenue. I know because I know a lot of cops. They don't want to give tickets for people parking. They don't want to stop people just for going 10 miles over the speed limit. Unbelievable. Uh, Incredible times. Twitter has confirmed Trump will never be allowed back on Twitter. If I was Donald Trump, I'd start my own service or partner with, you know, our friends at Parler. Uh, ABC's Terry Moran. Trump is a furor to Republicans. I thought Nazi comparisons were out of, out of bounds. Let's play that. If you got Terry Moran, ABC. One more thing, which is the, the way that Republicans just aren't going to budge, just whatever the nature of this argument, whatever the nature of the facts, is because I think we heard it in these vivid videos that the Democratic House managers are playing. Fight for Trump. Fight for Trump. Fight for Trump. Not fight for America. He has the Republican Party as a personalized power like we haven't seen. It's a Caudillo. It's a Caesar. It's a Fuhrer. We don't see that in this country. We do now. Unbelievable. These are crazy times. Right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. So with all of the climate madness mandates predicated on a conspiracy theory, a belief, the climate truthers out there telling us the world is going to end in 12 years. We're now we are now wiping out some of the best union, highest paying career jobs in the country. Now, you just stop for a second. Just take this in and absorb it. If you're one of the, if you, if you're, if you're somebody who works in the energy sector, and and you've developed the, these 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 are highly skilled jobs, hard jobs too, and they're very skill specific. It's not like saying, "Well, I'm going to take my pipe." Uh, uh, my my pipe building skills, and I'm just going to turn it into, well, how can I build solar panels? And I'm going to get paid the same amount of money. That's not how it works. We've interviewed people on this program that were working on the Keystone XL pipeline. These are, these are skilled professionals, hard labor, tough weather conditions. And it you know, got us to the point the first time in 75 years where energy independent, 
Well, that's good for our national security. Why? Because inexpensive energy, guess what? Well, that means that we don't have to rely on Middle Eastern countries, some of whom hate our guts for the lifeblood of our economy and the world's economy. We didn't have to rely on, you know, our Western European allies could now count on us for energy and not be reliant on the hostile regime of the hostile actor Putin and Russia. Chinese are loving it because they're not stupid. They figured out that's going to that's going to crater the American economy. But we're talking about guys jobs with, you know, six figure jobs. They're making six figures. Anyway, we had one guy on made 250 grand a year. How cool is that? Amazing. You have other guys making 100 grand. They're trained with training truck drivers, training you. And to make 80, start at 80 grand a year and all the overtime you can ever want or need. Transforming people's lives. Just stroke of a pen, gone. Leonardo DiCrapio. I was just reminded that I did not think of that. Okay. And people like Leonardo DiCrapio and Scarlett Johansson and uh, all attribution and praise to those responsible, uh, which makes me laugh. But you think you got to close the Dakota pipeline. Then you got to shut down Anwar, which Biden is doing. There's no legislation involved in this. This is just stroke of the pen stuff. And now it's bad for national security. It's bad for the economy. Now you think of it, bring it down to the personal level. Those people that don't have jobs. What is it? Okay. How are they feeling today? I bet they're not feeling good. They were counting on these jobs, counting on this career path that they had chosen as difficult as it is working hard every day. Most people don't work eight hours a day. That, that's, that's a thing of the past. My parents taught me that. They laughed at the idea of eight hours a day. My mother, a prison guard, 16-hour shifts regularly. Exhausted. My father waiting tables on the weekend. Didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. That's why I, I became fiercely financially independent at a young age. I was a little incorrigible. You know, my parents couldn't stop me when I was in high school coming home at four in the morning because I was working all night. My father would come in while I'm dead asleep and steal half my money or more. And he wasn't stealing it. He was putting it in a bank account, saving it for me. He didn't take it. Anyway, 800-941-SHAWN is our number. Now, there are people that are battling back. Uh, The attorney general for the great state of West Virginia is now standing strong against this federal overreach, all these uh, 56 now, I think we're up to executive orders because it's destroying America's working class. Initially teamed up with six other attorneys general to address Biden's reckless abandon, you know, totally bypassing the constitution and co-equal branches of government. Something he himself said, oh, I'm not a dictator. I'll play it for you. This is Joe Biden. That's what he said about executive orders. I got to get the votes. I got to get the votes. That's why, you know, uh, the one thing that I I have this strange notion, we are a democracy. Some of my Republican friends and some of my Democratic friends even occasionally say, well, if you can't get the votes by executive order, you're going to do something. Things you can't do by executive order unless you're a dictator. We're a democracy. We need consensus. Of course, Democrats never apply the standards that they 
apply to Republicans to themselves. Anyway, Patrick Morrissey is with us. He's leading this effort. I understand, uh, sir, that and welcome to the program. I understand other attorneys generals are, are joining in with you now and in this effort. Uh, I did. You know, I, I did see your letter to President Biden. Have you gotten a response? It was a five page letter. We have not received a response yet, Sean. But first of all, I want to say thank you for having me on your program because the timing couldn't be better. The reality is that the state attorneys general are stepping up, and they know that right now there is one-party rule in Washington. And with the Democrats controlling the White House, the Senate, and the House, a lot is going to fall to the Republican attorneys general to make sure that the rule of law is defended, that our constitutions adhere to, and we're going to protect all these important, hardworking uh, men and women that live in our states. These jobs are under attack because President Biden, who came in with a message of unity, is out there issuing one executive order after another. And he's trying to bypass the legislative process, and he's putting states like West Virginia at risk, our economy, our way of life. We're not going to stand for that, and a number of us are banding together, and we will be in court. Tell us what the strategy is and how this is going to work, because I know the state of Texas is, they've been very effective so far on the immigration front. Um, I don't know if Texas was one of the states. I have the list here in front of me in the back of your letter, those that signed. Mississippi, Indiana, Arkansas. Ken Paxton of Texas did sign it. And uh, the Montana Attorney General and the Arkansas Attorney General. I want to give everyone credit. And how many other states have joined in? So there were six that joined the first letter, but then we had a follow-up letter that was spearheaded by Montana, 14 states, and that was about the executive order related to the Keystone Pipeline. Sean, as you've talked about, there are about 11,000 Americans who are at risk of losing their jobs. And in West Virginia, the oil, gas, coal, and manufacturing uh, jobs are very much at risk because of what Biden and uh, some of the far left are trying to do to advance the Green New Deal. So here's what the attorneys general are trying to do. One, our role is to step in when we think that the administration's not following the Constitution, or they're bypassing Congress in order to do something very quick, or they're not following the rules uh, that Congress has commanded them to follow. So we read every line of every page of every order that comes out, and when we see that they've messed up, we go to court because we are the only entities that can really hold them accountable. But, Sean, we don't do it based on politics. We do it based upon the fact that our country demands that all branches of government follow the rule of law. And right now it's up to the states to put the feds in check when they cross the line. What about Senator Manchin? I've known Senator Manchin. I've interviewed him a couple of times. Um, Senator Manchin doesn't seem to be too outspoken or too critical. Uh, and I'm told he's going to go along with this impeachment shift show charade that, that's going on in, in the Senate. And my question is, uh, you know, energy is obviously big for the great state of West Virginia. I, I've been there and I've been I've been in coal country. I mean, you I don't. By the way, I, anybody that can do that job, God bless him. I would never want to do that job. I I'd go out of my mind being oh. down that far in the ground, number one. And and it's dangerous, as we all know. 
We know what's happened to miners in the past. We know uh, the issue of black lung and what it means. Sean, these are uh, salt-of-the-earth people. They're amazing, and they work really, really hard, and they're good-paying jobs. The reality is that if you're doing work on a rig or you're a machinist or you're doing manufacturing for a pipeline, people are working really hard, but they're getting paid very well. And states like West Virginia, that we're trying to move away from poverty and compete with many other states around the nation, we really depend on those jobs because it's not only about oil and gas and coal and manufacturing. It's about being able to buy your own home, to provide for your family, to take them out to the restaurant, uh, to make sure that the communities are intact, that they don't have these jobs that go away. And when I hear John Kerry say, well, you can all make solar panels, I think of Marie Antoinette when she says, let them take. cake. It's yeah. never, the jobs never materialize. So I think that's what's happening. Now, with respect to Senator Manchin, look, uh, we're always hopeful that he'll try to do the right thing. I worry very much that he's going to be under a lot of pressure uh, to vote in favor of Biden and that far-left agenda. We could just keep putting pressure on him because the object is to make sure that he represents West Virginia, not Chuck Schumer or Biden. I think that's great advice. I mean, have you had any conversations with him about this? Do you have a relationship with him? Well, as you know, I ran against him a couple of years ago for U.S. Senate, uh, but I want him to represent the state's values. And I recognize he's in a very important position right now, and I would just ask him to do the right thing. And we all are rooting for all of our elected officials, but we want them to take actions that are consistent with our values. So I hope Senator Manchin does, and I'll be the first one to root for him if he ends up supporting West Virginia values and the critical jobs here at home. So I certainly want him to do the right thing. Well, I hope he does. And, you know, I'm going to tell you something. I've learned a lot doing this 33 years in radio and 25 years on Fox. You know what? It's not those idiots in Washington that make this country great. It's just not. People that make this country great are the farmers, are the, are the people in the energy industry, the people that create the goods and services we all love, want, need, and desire, our manufacturers, our auto manufacturers, our everything manufacturers, you know, dishwashers and washing machines and dryers, and all this stuff. They're the people that make this country great, and they're the people that are going to be taxed to death. They're the people that are going to see their jobs disappearing. They're the people that are going to be paying more for gas and heating. They're the people that get up and do most of the, you know, they obey the laws. They pay their taxes. They live by the rules. Uh, they try and raise their kids and still good values. You know, they work their 14, 16 hours a day and, and fall asleep and wake up the next day and do it all over again. It's, it's not these Washington people. It's the people that, you know, get up. Like everybody in West Virginia gets up and works at a job. They probably don't love every day, but they do it for their family and their loved ones. They make well, the country great. Look, you're exactly right. And the reality is West Virginia is the second largest producer of coal in the United States. And these are the folks that keep the lights on, right? If you're listening right now, you're in California or New York, you know that the hardworking men in West Virginia are working overtime. Whether well, they have rolling blackouts because of their insane, you know, environmentalist agendas. Let me ask you, did they ever solve the issues to protect against black lung? I never got an answer, a good answer on that. Well, look, black lung is still a very serious issue. I know that here in West Virginia, we've taken it pretty seriously. There are a lot of 
provisions in the last decade that have gone through. So a lot of the benefits are flowing to those people. But the reality is you can't take away the loss of life that we've seen or the families that have suffered. Nope. The best thing we could do to the people that came before us is to respect their way of life, know that they gave up a lot, and not try to wipe out their jobs and not put any in return. All right, time for a quick call. Krista, Florida, next, Sean Hannity Show. How are you? Glad you called, Krista. Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm a realtor in Florida, and I cannot even tell you how this economy is booming. Oh, I know. I've been following it. It's it's crazy. In the next week, I closed someone from Virginia, someone from um, Georgia, because they had to get out of there, and New York, it's like all over. They, they can't wait to get out. And, and I have so much to say. I'm going to try very carefully to just stay on track here. You got a minute. I, Go for I it. What I really want to know, how did we get to where we are? When you think about it, the, the Democrats are calling for accountability, but they are never accountable for anything. Everything that they have done in recent years is breaks our Constitution. It's downright corrupt. It's illegal. And we don't hold them accountable. When I was a teenager, I remember my mother, when I was getting ready to be able to vote, she said, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything. And that, I think, is where we are. I think so many people have kept their heads in the sand as we are slowly spoon-fed all of this overreach, all of this, we'll just accept this, accept this. I'm looking right now at a screenshot that I took of AOC's tweet Congrats to President Joe Biden. Now let's begin the purge to round up all conservative traders, Democrats. Um, it's funny. It, look, I've been following the market. Um, I just I love real estate. It's a passion of mine. And and I have a couple of small properties down in, in southwest Florida. What part of Florida are you in? Uh, southwest. <laughs> southwest. Okay. I cover from from about Port Charlotte to the villages. Okay, so it's a every part of it I like. I like the I like the ocean side. I like the Gulf side. I, I love, love the water. I love the lifestyle. Love the weather. Love everything about it. Why the hell I'm in New York, Krista? I cannot give you any any intelligent answer except that I'm stupid. Okay, now with that out of the way, so you so I'm watching real estate prices soar. I'm watching yes. the economy boom. You're seeing people yep. from all of these states like New York and and even Georgia and other states. And I'm you know what I'm afraid of for the people in Florida, one thing. I hope the people that come from New York, New York or Florida. <laughs> right. Okay. I hope they come for the, if they come from New York, they come from New Jersey, they come from Illinois, they come from California. I don't care. But if they're gonna bring those dumb liberal policies with them that destroyed the states they're leaving, don't bother going. I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. And I'll tell you, I actually, I tend to bond with my clients over politics. Wow. I do. I mean, every, every single one of them, they're like, man, I used, I used to be a Democrat, and I see what they're doing, and it's crazy, and I've just got to get out of here. And that's what, that, those are our bonding points. And so a lot of times, like I'm doing a closing in the morning and one of my closing mm-hmm. gifts to them is a trump flag <laughs> wow they love trump they love trump and wow that's, that's, that's where that like, where is this closing where are they from uh, they are from canton georgia 
Right. And they're closing in Apollo Beach. I just and, have this, um, these couple little units down in, uh, uh, they're just units. They're not, you know, there's time, but like two little bedrooms, you know, and uh, I, I got a, it's a long story with my sisters, but I, I love going down there. And when you get off the plane, it's like, oh, man, fresh air. Feels so good. It's a different world. And we yeah. have a fabulous governor, fabulous. He's been and, amazing. And here's the interesting thing, because, you know, we only had our lockdown for like 40 days, and it wasn't really a lockdown, um, nothing like what they're experiencing. And um, I noticed that after this inauguration, so many of these places are opening back up. And as, as just outside looking in, I'm like, wait a minute, that tells me that your hatred for Trump was more important than the well-being of the people you are supposed to represent. Mm-hmm. That in itself is criminal, that is cruel, and that is hateful, and they need to be ousted. And if I lived in one of those states, I would rally people, I would gather signatures, and I would try to have them removed. Well, Newsom um, was giving, I have it in my pile here somewhere, he was giving a speech, and, and he got... I, I mean, roundly just booed. I mean, pretty much off the stage because, you know, here it is. He was giving he was repeatedly interrupted during a press conference with chance to recall Newsom. He's going to be they got they got the signatures now. They're pretty or they're very close to it. And it's going to be interesting. Remember, that's how Arnold Schwarzenegger got into office back in the day. And Absolutely. I mean, it's and, and you compare the California's handling of covid versus Ron DeSantis, or you compare New York's handling of COVID versus Ron DeSantis. Now, Florida has a, a very high percentage of, of the elderly population down there. The villages is case in point, America's friendliest hometown. I know people there, and it's a, such a cool place, actually. Uh, you know what I love about it? They don't, if, you're, if you want to stay in your house and you're an old person, you don't want to socialize, they, they'll go in and drag your ass out and make you have fun, whether you want to or not. It's, it's hilarious. They will. They will. And, uh, and I'll tell you, it's really fascinating because last week I went, I flew out to Oregon to visit my grandson. He was turning three and it was a yeah. surprise. And I go there and we stayed in the house for four days. And I said to my daughter-in-law, I said, I'd like to take you guys to a restaurant. Let's go out to eat. She goes, uh, that sounds great, yeah, but they're closed. you like to go. They're closed. Everything is closed. Now, dispensaries, those are open. So if you'd like to get high... That is essential. <laughs> if you'd like to go, uh, no lie. No, come on, you're kidding, on right? I am not kidding. I, I oh, wish man. I was kidding. I so wish if you need to get kidding. stoned, you can go and you can go, but you can't go out and eat. But I guess weed is more important than uh, than food. <laughs> That's too yeah, funny. Yeah, you can't you can't take care of your cheese. But what what I'm noticing is, you know, if you look at all of this government overreach, it happens so subtly, right? Little by little, people just not wanting. I don't want to look. I know we understand the government's corrupt. I don't want to be. You know, it's negative. I was guilty. I'm going to say it right now. For a lot of years, I was guilty. Never, ever, ever, ever again. Um, but imagine if Ronald Reagan had proclaimed one day, okay. We are going to wear muzzles over our faces. We are going to completely ourselves from people we don't know. We are going to have a curfew where we cannot go out past a certain time. And 
those of you who have put everything you have into this family-owned business so you can have something to leave your grandchildren, well, we're going to stop that, too. There would have been the biggest uprising you ever saw in your life. But they did it little by little by little by little. And it's just like when Nancy Pelosi ripped up that State of the Union and yeah. nothing was done about it. And everything that's done, and, you know, my what I understand, and I don't know if it's true, is that Gavin Newsom's eight wineries stayed open the entire time, and he mm-hmm. received like $3 million in PPP. Oh, no, it's funds. terrible. By the way, I want to correct <laughs> and, you on and, one thing. You know the, the tweet you referred to uh, that that AOC called for a purge of conservatives? That that was apparently a fake tweet, just to get you up to speed. I'm not, I'm not trying to correct you. I mean, a lot of these things... No, that's and part of our job is, you know, we've got to weed through, you know, piles and piles of stuff and do our own verification. You know, there were people that were getting mad at me. Why aren't you talking about this? I'm like, because I have not independently confirmed it. And I'm not getting ahead of myself. The reason we always turn out to be right, like on Russia, three years worth of being right, and everybody else is wrong is because we don't get ahead of ourselves. And I, you know, I try to do it. You know, look, I'm, first I'm happy about your success. My take on Florida real estate is interesting. And you see the same thing happening in states like Texas, another great state. The Carolinas are seeing an influx of people. And what I, what I see is, number one, baby boomers now are thinking about and, and getting near or at retirement age. They want the better weather. But more importantly, they want to get the hell out of cities that are defunding the police crappy weather, high taxes, and burdensome government. I mean, New York restaurants, I think they're still closed. Are they open at all, Linda? Because I don't go in there. Well, things are open. You just have to go in with a mask, stand six feet apart, and uh, don't breathe. No, 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 not in restaurants. They were closed up until, what, a week ago, right? Well, they've had the outside igloos where they're heated and inside. Okay, the outside igloos, you know, it's like the dumbest thing I've ever seen. In the world. And, And even those were being shut down, but... Um, anyway, Chris, I appreciate all the things. You know, I wish you the best in your industry, and 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 you know, I'm happy for the people. But the sad part is, is states like Florida, the Carolinas, Texas, all these red states. Watch your tax dollars are going to go bail out these big blue states like New York. And by the way, it would benefit me. And I'm saying, don't benefit me. You should not be. You should not bail out states that elect politicians that can't balance their budgets, live way beyond their means, don't fund their pensions. That's what these governors are demanding from Biden. Even Cuomo threatening to sue Biden if he doesn't get $15 billion of your red state tax dollars. Don't do it. It's unbelievable to me. Watch that happen next. I totally have a question for you on this, Sean, on the whole taxes, okay? okay? Yeah. Is it right that one group one very small group of people gets to dictate where our tax dollars go because the last time that i checked they worked for us krista this is this is a truth elections matter elections matter you know i could sit here all day and say i warned you about this warned you about the warned you what good it doesn't do any good by anybody anyway let me roll on i wish you the best you know um, I appreciate you, you calling in. It's fascinating what's going on. Steve in Illinois. What's up, Steve? Hi, Sean. Um, my question, Donald Trump ran as a law and order president, and it 
seems pretty ironic to me that anybody would believe that he would incite violence uh, against the police and, and other people. I just I hadn't heard anybody talking about that, so that's why I'm bringing it up. Well, I mean, the president did say peacefully and patriotically march to have your voices be heard, but they edited that part out. They don't. Listen, this is a show with a predetermined outcome. It always has been. And, you know, I, I we've been rebutting it on TV. I don't even know or would recommend, you know, some people were frustrated with the opening comments of one one attorney, the Spruce guy. I don't even know the guy. David Schoen, I thought, did a good job. Um, I wouldn't spend more than three hours. They don't need 16 hours to just ramble on and hear themselves talk. Then they can get to the question and answer period. Then they can get to closing arguments and, and let's get the vote on. Let's move because the vote's already predetermined and get back to the business of people. But if they want witnesses, I'm all, oh, I got my list of witnesses ready to go. Thanks, Steve. Tammy, South Carolina. What's going on, Tammy? How are you? Hi, Sean. I just wanted to make a comment on, on these poor folks that's lost their jobs. I understand how they feel because we were in textiles in 2001. We lost our jobs. Now, they make it sound like it's this big fairy tale that everybody's going to run out and find a job. They're not. It took us almost 15 years to get back to the same point that we were, my husband and I, you know, financially. I get it. Oh, I mean, it's terrible. And you can't, you can't just run out when you have one skill. I worked in a textile mill for 28 years. You can't run out and grab a job, especially when you're in your 40s. And it, suppose, it's, it's These sad. are very... Very technical, very skill-specific jobs that are not exactly. easily transferable from one business to another. I mean, this is this in some cases are decades of building a career to the point where you're really making a good living, and it just got ripped out from underneath you. And all the well, well, you get it. We want you to get another job. Well, there is no other job, and there's enough Americans out of work now. Uh, because of the pandemic, and then we're going to legalize millions more to compete for the few jobs that come online, and that's going to drive down wages. Well, that's not going to get them a hundred grand plus, and it's not going to get them the benefits they're used to. Richard Trumka, how you feeling today? Us. Unbelievable. That's exactly how it was with us. It you know it took us maybe two years to find a job. My husband went back to work because he he could do just about anything but still you know it's just sad i feel so sorry for these people i feel so i feel so sorry for all of those people me too i really feel sorry and i feel helpless i don't feel like i can help them i don't feel like i I, you know i'm trying to get people aware that's why i brought patrick morrissey on because these attorney generals attorneys general are gonna are gonna help stop some of this and if we can stop it, then these guys, hopefully we can preserve their jobs. You know, but, you know, I'd rather talk about saving those, the, the great jobs, careers and livelihoods of Americans than talking about the stupid impeachment crap in the shift show charade that we've got to cover every day. I'm tired of it. And when this thing is over and the president is acquitted, it's time for the country to engage fully and become aware of what the hell they're doing because it's not good for American workers. It's hurting Americans. These policies are hurting hardworking, law-abiding, tax-paying, great Americans. 
That's what it's doing, and that's, that should break everybody's heart. I thought they cared about the working men and women of this country. Apparently not. Because if they did, they wouldn't be so cavalier about, oh, you go get another union job. Where am I going to get another union job? Where am I going to get it? It's the $100,000 a year jobs. They, they don't fall off trees. And when you got an industry and you're going to wipe out the whole thing and then have Hollywood recommend you wipe out even more of them. I'm going to listen to Scarlett Johansson and, and, and Leonardo DiCrapio. God help us. I don't really give a rip what they, they've got their money. Go live their life. Leave, leave American workers alone. I'm trying to save the environment. Okay, let's compare your lifestyle. It's just rank hypocrisy. It's typical, sad. These are real jobs, real families, fellow Americans. This is going to be real suffering. And I'm waiting for those people, the, this, these fired workers. When are they going to get the new job offers? When is it, is it going to make up for the money that they just lost and the great jobs that they had that you took away from them? Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. All right, news roundup and information overload. Our Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. We're going to get to a lot of your calls coming up in the program today. Um, our friend, Dr. Carson, Ben Carson, who's going to join us in just a minute, has uh, he's beginning a new conservative think tank, which I love because, you know, what, what these a good think tank, they actually spend their time, their day, they study and what works, what works for the economy, what works for foreign policy. Uh, what does it mean to have uh, a strong national defense, peace through strength versus appeasement? Uh, cutting the cutting people's taxes, ending burdensome regulation, challenging environmental extremism in the name of energy independence, and really important things like that. Um, it's Dr. Carson's uh, new group is called the American Cornerstone Institute, and it's advancing policies that promote, let's see, faith, liberty, community, and life. Uh, he's got a really good op-ed in Real Clear Pol- Politics. And it starts, we, we have painted our fellow Americans as deplorable, stupid, and worse. Now, it is this type of malicious political rhetoric fueled by opportunistic politicians, profit-driven media organizations that has roiled our deeply divided nations. Now, we are better than this, and words such as compromise, compassion, civility are twisted, maligned, and tainted as somehow being dirty or have magically disappeared altogether. Now, we're in the middle of this impeachment shift show charade, as I call it, you know, and as you listen to these these Democrats and the presentations they've been making, well, we've just kind of applied it to the Democrats in their own words. Listen. He was impeached for inciting armed violence against the government of the United States of America. Donald Trump, the president of the United States, ordered the crowd to march on Congress, and so the crowd marched. Go to the Hill today. Get up and please get up in the face of some Congress people. He made statements lauding and sympathizing with the insurrectionists. Everyone beware, because they're not going to stop. It is going to they're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. Stand up and fight for the best of who we are. And I'm prepared to fight and I know how to fight. The violence was what he deliberately encouraged. 
I said, no. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take you behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. He didn't just tell them to fight like hell. He told them how, where, and when. We're going to keep fighting and fighting and fighting for this. He didn't stop it. You got to be ready to throw a punch. He didn't condemn the violence. They go low, we kick He incited it further. I will go and take Trump out tonight. Uh, I think it's pretty clear. That's not exactly the warmest language in the world. Dr. Ben Carson is with us. Sir, how are you? Great to have you back. Always good to be with you, Sean. It's now, pretty, pretty amazing when you listen to, to all of those comments. That yeah, welcome made. to my world. This is the world I live in 24-7. It's a great, it's a great world to live in. Um, but it is what it is. I'm, I have nothing to complain about. Before we get to anything, you at one point, you know, based on, I think you have some pre-existing condition or something. I'm not sure why, but you, you struggled with COVID and yeah. you got Regeneron. Tell me what that was like, because people are telling me it's like within 24 hours, you can feel the war of Regeneron in your body that it's waging against the COVID-19 um, tell us about it. Absolutely. I mean, I was extraordinarily sick. I've never never felt that bad in my life. Couldn't even keep water down. Aches and pains. Couldn't get comfortable and difficulty breathing. And within a few hours of receiving the infusion, the fever and chills left, all the aches and pains left. I was doing great. By the time I left the hospital after the infusion, I was feeling basically normal again. That's so amazing. I mean, it, you know, look, I know you've saved lives your whole professional career as a brain surgeon, which is an amazing thing in and of itself. Um, but to think that that our great medical researchers, doctors, the evil pharmaceutical companies, they're not so evil when when you need their cures. It almost sounds <laughs> and, and I know I've now talked to five people that have had Regeneron and they all say it's like a cure. Uh, well, we haven't we haven't taken advantage of it. You know, a lot of doctors don't really know that much about it. They, they're not exactly sure how and when to use it. And you know, it's not just the monoclonal antibodies. Uh, there are a variety of other things too that have shown efficacy. And I hope at some point uh, our FDA begins to move a little faster and to begin to push these things a little more, uh, so that. We can save life. We don't have to have this thing lingering any longer than absolutely necessary. And we need to teach people how to protect the vulnerable individuals. We need to make sure everybody understands who are the vulnerable people and what do you do. The people who are not vulnerable, which is the vast majority of people, should be returning to work, returning to school, and getting things moving again. And it's much more detrimental uh, to allow this virus to dictate to us how we should live rather than conquering it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're glad you're doing well. Tell us about your new think tank. Well, you know, I uh, wanted to just retire and play golf and enjoy life. but looking <laughs> well, at... <laughs> What's wrong with that, Doctor? It sounds pretty appealing to me about now, but go well, ahead. Thinking about children and grandchildren and all the people who are coming after us, they just can't do it. And you, you recognize that the very cornerstone principles and values that led us from a, a, a country with a bunch of ragtag militiamen to the pinnacle of the world in record time, those are not things that we want to turn away from. 
you know, our faith. You know, it's, it's those godly principles that allow us to love our neighbor and to take care of the, the less fortunate, to use our talents in an effective way to have values and principles that govern our lives. When we throw those things out, anything can come in and replace it. You know, I was looking at some books that are being used in elementary school yesterday in, in Naples, Florida. I was appalled at what they are teaching our young people about gender and lack of gender. And there was actually pornographic pictures in these books that they are using with our young people. Why not teach them the basics of mathematics and how to express yourself and the, and the true history of our country? You know, they're working so hard to rewrite our history, and yet your history is from where you derive your identity, and your identity is the basis of your beliefs. And if you get rid of all that, who are you? What do you mean? And it be, becomes so easy to manipulate you. And then liberty, such an important concept. It's the reason that so many people came to this country from other places, because they didn't want to overburden some government that dictates every aspect of your life. You can see that is rapidly coming. And that's why Ronald Reagan said, our liberty is no more than one generation away if we stop fighting. And I know some people have taken that word. If, if you say fighting and, you know, you're not of a certain party, then you're inciting a riot. But, but the fact of the matter is we have to fight for what we believe in, and we have to be brave and courageous. And then the sense of community, so important in America. There was a time when, and, and that time is still here, when people will help each other. Neighbors help, they help strangers. They don't ask them if they're Republican or Democrat. But most of the people are quite reasonable. It's the politicians and the media who stir everybody up and make you think that you're supposed to hate that person just because they don't think the same way that you do. You know, if two people believe the same about everything, one of them isn't necessary. You know, we need to get out of that and learn how to respect each other. And life, the whole concept of life from the from the womb to the tomb. You know, once we start not respecting life at any stage from conception to death, we turn into a much more callous and different type of people. And you see that happening now. Why in the world, in the United States of America, would you have people calling for punishment of people who don't believe the same thing that they believe? They try to hurt them hurt them financially, hurt their families. I mean, it's, if somebody told you 20 years ago that this would be going on in America, you would say, absolutely not. There's no way that would be going on. And yet it is. And if you really want to understand it, you know, read Saul Alinsky's book. You know, you'll... you'll Rules for Radicals. So we, we've talked a lot radicals. about it on this program. I mean, these are the kinds of things that we're fighting against. But in order to solve the problem... We will never solve the problem unless somebody in the room decides to be the adult. And it can't be tit for tat. You did this to me, therefore I'm doing this to you. Instead, what we have to do is look at what's logical and what makes sense. You know, for instance, the Keystone Pipeline. Why do we have to get rid of that? The fact of the matter is we've become energy independent. We're a net exporter, and our air and water is as clean as it's ever been. So... Uh, logic would dictate 
no, don't get rid of that. But if we want green energy, we can work on that simultaneously. And as we develop things in the green energy sector that make sense economically as well, then we begin to gradually make the change, not disrupt the lives of not only the people who are working on that, but the communities that depend on them. I mean, we're not talking about just 11,000 people. We're talking about in a pro- at least 100,000 people, probably more than that when you look at the uh, effects of all of this. So what we want to do is start talking about what makes sense. Common sense, by the way, as you probably know, this is not common anymore, particularly not in Washington, D.C. But we have to start talking about that. And one of the things that came to me at HUD is as we traveled around the country, we would have these town halls and roundtables. You bring people from both sides to the table, and you identify what the problems are, and you ask for their solutions, and you analyze those together, and you work together to get it done. It'll never be solved by people getting in their respective corners and hurling hand grenades at each other. That will never solve the problem in 100 years. So I, I don't really, I don't doing. really see this changing much. I just don't. I mean, if I'm going to be very blunt, very honest, I think that America is a very, very divided country, uh, philosophically. And I'm, I'm, listen, I, I want every American to have my philosophy simple. We should all live in safe cities. We should all have good schools. We should have choice in education. I think lower taxes is always better for the economy. I believe uh, that burdensome regulation kills and stifles job growth and industry in the country and that's a bad thing and and adhering to a radical agenda based on a premise that the world is going to end in 12 years is madness securing our borders energy independence uh constitutionalists on the on the bench uh peace through strength free and fair trade deals that's about it that's that's uh dr carson i think that's pretty much sums me up You've availed yourself of the information that leads you to those those conclusions, but recognize that a lot of people have not availed themselves of that. And if they listen to certain news outlets, they would never even know about the things that you're talking about. All right, as we continue, Dr. Ben Carson is with us. He's now started a new think tank. It's called the American Cornerstone Institute. So who's, who's launching this with you, if I may ask? Um, we will be working uh, with uh, political class. We will be doing a lot of not only social media, but electronic media. Uh, you know, we're going to take advantage of, of everything that we have out there. And we're also working with new platforms uh, so that we don't have to necessarily depend on Facebook or Twitter. Or people. <laughs> you might get canceled. <laughs> By the way, can you imagine if Dr. Carson, the nicest guy in the world, gets canceled? Um, you know, I said this to you jokingly um, I, when you were running for president. I don't know if you remember or not. I said, you know, Dr. Carson, I've gotten to know you. I love your life story. I love the story of your mom. I love how you became a doctor. Um, I, I love your dedication to saving lives. I said, your, your problem getting into politics is you're too nice. You're, you're just too, you're too decent. Um, and, and it's actually a compliment, but I mean, it, it's true. It, I, I'm, well, I, stand, I stand on that statement, and you might hate, hate me for saying it. No, I, I don't, and I understand that. But I'm not sure that I'm convinced that 
nice people always finish last. I think yeah. there's there's a there's a short game and there's a long game. In the and political the world, game, I don't know. I don't see a lot of love and uh, uh, kumbaya moments going on out there. But uh, Dr. Carson, how can people get in touch with you? I got to run here. AmericanCornerstone.org. I go right, there. You'll find everything that you need. Get our newsletter. Donate if you want to. Find out more about what you can do in your own community. All right, Dr. Carson, you're a good man. God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us. 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. With us 25 to the top of the hour. Right, we'll take calls for the rest of the uh, program here today. But just quick reminder, we'll give you a little, you know, uh, well, primer, if you will. We've got so much good stuff for TV we're going to show you. And a lot of this is video. Uh, it just translates better uh, better with video. And, by, and that always raises the question, Linda, how many times over how many years have people wanted this radio show to be on tape, on video, a stream every day, right? Oh, I've stopped that argument. Now, why have I resisted, though? My, I think my reason is solid. I like, it's sort of the, the sacred sanctuary of, of the radio experience, which is, yeah, it, I, I just, I have TV. Do people really want to watch me for three hours do the radio show? I, I don't, don't disagree so. with you, except for the fact that the way you look on TV and the way yeah. you look on radio are a little different. <laughs> Just like a touch, you know. Okay. I got literally sneakers on, sweatpants on. I got a, t- I got a long sleeve t-shirt, which is my favorite new thing. And I've got my FBI hat on. That's what I'm wearing right now. <laughs> that's, it's a solid look, boss. Day. Very solid. Um, yeah. I don't have my jeans on. I, I made an improvement. I'm in my sweatpants. <laughs> They're just regular old fashioned. You know, I have I have gray, black, and blue. Today it's blue. That's it. My workout. My workout. So does that mean you wash them and wear them over and over again? We, of course you wash your clothes. What do you mean by that? Well, you only got three pairs or seven days a week. What are you wearing the other four days? Well, you just wash it. It's simple to wash. What's so hard about putting them <laughs> a wash? Just breaking them. All right, 20, uh, we got all these Democrats and their record. Let's compare it to Trump's peaceful protest call. If Donald Trump were elected, I believe he'd be impeached pretty quickly. There's a very good chance that Donald Trump could face impeachment. Impeach Donald Trump! We've got to do something about him. And you impeach somebody if you're just being who they are? Impeach 45! We've introduced five articles of impeachment. We're going to go in there, we're going to impeach them all. The House of Representatives moving forward with an official impeachment inquiry. He should be impeached. We will impeach Donald John Trump. Article 1 is adopted. I think it's important we get on with the business getting him out of office. Inciting sedition as he did yesterday, he must be removed. The Norfolk FBI office issued a warning based on information they received a day before the Capitol was attacked last week. What happened after that to leave police unprepared remains unknown. More evidence suggesting the insurrection may have been pre-planned. The two pipe bombs placed at the RNC and DNC headquarters were left the night before. Three days before the Capitol riot, the Pentagon and Justice Department reached out to Capitol Police to offer manpower. But Capitol Police turned both offers down. As this enormous crowd shows, we have truth and justice on our side. We have a deep and enduring love for America in our hearts. We love our country. 
We have overwhelming pride in this great country. And we have it deep in our souls. Together, we are determined to defend and preserve government of the people, by the people, and for the people. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. The Constitution only empowers Congress to impeach and remove a president from office. Once he's out of office, Congress loses jurisdiction. If we convict him, we can then, by only 51 votes, remove him from ever running for office again. Barring him from running for office again. He can never run again. Ban a former President Trump from running again. Keep him from running for office again. Fascinating hypocrisy. Wait till you see some of this video tonight. 800-941-SEAN, our number, if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, let's say hi. Deanne is in Utah. Deanne, I bet you really are very satisfied with your Senate representatives in Utah. Are you not? Well, certainly one of them. Uh, well, no. As a matter of fact, I voted for him. I am from Utah. I am a constituent. And Mitt Romney has absolutely not voted for his constituents, similar to Miss Cheney, and I am going to do everything in my power in 2022 to see what we can do to get him out of office because is he, he I don't is think he's is he up in 22? 2022, 2024, whenever that day comes, I haven't physically looked myself, but I've sent three messages to him. I've told him you're not representing me and to stop abusing our president it's a, it's i know a this is going to sound terrible but i know your intentions are so pure and right and you want it, and you think that they're going to respond they're not he doesn't care i think he's well, already he made the decision not to run and uh you know the sad thing is you know we, every conservative in the country went to bat for him fought for him you know tried to help him win his election for president I, to yeah. this day, I would say the guy that I knew then would have been a much better president than Obama. And now he seems to have just completely sided with the very people that were calling him a racist and a misogynist and, you know, secret campaigns attacking his deeply held religious faith, which I find obnoxious. And uh, it's it's sad to me. And I belong to that faith. So he he to me, it feels like he has you know, even done even more damage because he's destroying our, our faith. And also with the, you know, Facebook, they blocked me for a week during the inauguration. What's he doing about that and voter fraud? Voter fraud is so huge. We don't talk about that enough. And it's not, where's the investigation? Where is the look-see into what's going on? Because it's a piece Well, let me tell you far. one good piece of news on that. By the way, I, I, uh, Linda just sent me, he's up in 2024. Um, but state lawmakers, NBC News reported this, and this is what I've been saying has to happen now. We can't wait till 2022 or 2024. They're now considering more than 100 laws to tighten election security, uh, according to a new study and analysis by the Brennan Center for Justice at NYU Law School. And the number represents almost triple the number of similarly restrictive bills. They're not restrictive under consideration. It's simple. We need voter ID. Uh, it's simple. We need signature verification. We need chain of custody protection. And if people at the law states, the partisan observers can observe, they need to observe. They're doing it in Georgia. They're doing it in Arizona. They're doing it in Pennsylvania. 
Um, they're doing it in Virginia and Minnesota and in New Hampshire and also in Missouri, Montana. You know, so we're, we're getting going. I want to hear from Wisconsin and Michigan next, though. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I've been watching some of this impeachment going on and this emotional trauma of what they've gone through. And they don't have a clue of the emotional trauma that they've put that silent majority um, I'm part of that silent majority and watching them destroy jobs and watching them just co- completely destroy everything that's good in America. And I, I sit back watching that going, really? Well, that's I appreciate the end. Listen, we you just there. keep being a great, just stay, stay in the battle, you know, stand up for the things you believe in. Don't stop, you know, in the arena of ideas, your fight for the principles that matter to our kids and our grandkids. And they've they've so overreached already. I promise you that things are going to change dramatically and it's going to happen pretty quickly. And and there's part of I've done this too long. There's an ebb and flow to political cycles. And so, you know, to me, it's pretty simple. All right. Hang in there. Uh, Back to our phones. Evan is in Denver. Evan. Hi. How are you? Glad you called, sir. Uh, thank you very much, Sean. Good to be on the show. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to call in a little bit about this Keystone Pipeline. We're a small solar company here in Denver, Colorado. We built it over the last four years. And killing this pipeline seems pretty counterintuitive to uh, their supposed goals under this uh, Green New Deal. Um, and you know they're going after natural gas next, you know. But, I mean, and and as Mr. Carson had said, you know, it's closer to 82000 you know, jobs that are being lost because, uh, you know, only one. Oh, it's going to be much more. Did you notice yeah. that all these rich Hollywood stars are are petitioning Biden to stop the all the pipelines, the Dakota pipeline uh, to stop all all energy production in the country? It will be an economic disaster. It's already a disaster for the guys that lost their job. And then where does that leave us? You know, they're going to jobless. That's where it leaves you. We've been. Yeah, we're going to drive wages down and then people aren't even talking. Well, we'll just we'll transport it by train. Right. Do do they realize that it it takes over a million barrels of oil a day as it is right now, standing with the pipelines in place to power those trains? And you're going to increase that and their carbon emissions and all. I mean, it just seems extremely counterintuitive to the goal of getting green energy eventually, which is going to take us 40, 50 years to even get to that point, you know, and not to mention the materials that we need from other countries, South America, I mean, China, you know, these big, huge mines, you know, big tractors. And, you know, we'd have to increase our production thousands of percent on these materials, even to accomplish that goal by 2050. So, you know, then you got storage issues. You got to have build batteries. I mean, these guys, you know, they're just insane. I mean, it, they're they're doing it all to be like the Listen, good guys, but I, they have I can no say idea is, what they're talking about. <laughs> you know, Evan. You know, let me tell you what matters to me because I didn't grow up um, ever thinking I'd be you know, as lucky and blessed as I've been in my life. And I, I didn't think any of this would happen. Okay, and huh. I spent all those years. I grew up with parents that grew up dirt poor. I grew up with grandparents that were poor. I grew up, um, it was a big deal to, to move to that 50 by 100 lot. My, my mom, the prison guard, working 16-hour shifts almost every day. My dad working as a, a family court probation guy and a waiter on the weekends. And I worked since, you know, since I've been eight years old doing my first paper out. And I, I, I identify 
with not having money to pay rent. I identify living paycheck to paycheck. I identify, I cannot, I cannot fathom the pain that these tens of thousands of families are now going through and we'll never hear from unless a couple of them may call the program and tell us how miserable their life has become and how challenging and how difficult it is. And, you know, I'm a believer in liberty and freedom and capitalism. The idea that we're going to we're going to weaken our national security by giving up energy independence we're going to simultaneously take away high-paying, highly skilled career professions um, with no real, real opportunity. That the skill set that they have is very, very specialized. It's not something you easily transfer to another high-paying union job, as they're getting lectures from politicians about. This right. is their rent, their mortgage, their car, their truck payment. This is their health care. This is their retirement. This is their kids' college fund. That's what's happening. And and it, it, it drives me insane because it's not those idiots in Washington, you know, putting on their shift show charade every week that 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 make this country great. It's the guys that work the pipeline. It's the medical workers and, and the nurses and the doctors and and the orderlies, if they still call them that. I don't even know anymore. Um, or or the people that work in restaurants and they're busting their ass every day um, to put food on their, their the table and, and to try and get ahead in life and save for a down payment and save for a better car or save for, you know, college tuition for their kids, man. It's like, jeez, it's like it's so out of touch because we're going to follow the Green New Deal model. And meanwhile, our enemies in the Middle East are doing backflips. China's doing backflips. Putin's doing backflips. Iranian mullahs are doing backflips. We're helping to make all those countries rich again. And we're inflicting real pain and suffering on our own people. I mean, I, I just can't. I, I, why anybody would vote for this crap? I don't know. I don't get it. And it saddens me. You know, OK, I can sit here all day and say I tried to warn everybody. That doesn't solve the problem. You know, you, you have election. I've lived through cycles, but of election losses, but there's never been a radical socialist agenda stated and being followed through on like this one. It's never happened. And and now there's this whole effort to neutralize, silence, cancel anybody that speaks out about it. And I, I you know, it's going to take, it's going to take uh, all of us together standing on the principles that we know make America great. And and we've got to get in this political battle and we've got to win at the ballot box. If we can fix some of the laws, that would be nice. And and hope that we can turn this ship around because the direction we're headed, it is it will fail. It, 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 whatever whatever name, whatever manifestation it's ever taken on socialism, redistributionism, it always fails. And that's where we're headed. And that's not going to be good for anybody. I hope I answered your question, but I, my heart goes out to these families. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Full coverage as the Democrats wrap up their 16-hour shift show charade. Jonathan Turley, Alan Dershowitz, Representative Lee Zeldin, Katie Pavlich, Miranda Devine, the wife of Senator Josh Hawley. What's it like to be harassed the way that their family has been? And Tammy Bruce, 9 Eastern, Say your DVR, Hannity, Fox. Thanks for being with us. See you tonight back here tomorrow.